Welcome to the fifth episode of The No More World, a podcast where former elite athletes share their stories. Not so much about their sport careers, but about how they find their way back into normal life. Today's guest is Nienke Grun, and together we'll dive into the world of synchronized swimming. What drawn her into the sport? Why did she quit? And which struggles did she face after she quit her elite career? This episode is recorded in person following all COVID rules, including ventilating the room. So if you hear a plane or sirens in the background, you know why. I'm Anna Leid and welcome to the normal world of Nienke Grun. Fine. Yes. How are you? Nice, nice to have you. Thanks. <laughs> We're going to talk about synchronized swimming. Is that the correct way to say it? Synchronized swimming or? Uh, it used to be. It's now artistic swimming, but we can just keep it synchronized swimming because I always uh, called it that way. Okay, that's <laughs> fine. Well, talking about synchronized swimming, can you tell me how you started with synchronized swimming? Like your first experience with it? Yeah. Um, we had in our city the initiative that we had some kind of brochure um, with all kind of sports in it. Um, and with the brochure, you could go there and get a free, a couple free lessons. And I used to do hockey, um, <laughs> and that was not my sport. Um, so um, we took a look and we thought I always enjoyed swimming. Uh, swimming lessons were uh, were my kind of sport that that I enjoyed. And when we took a look, there was uh, water polo, there was um, speed swimming, and there was synchronized swimming. And yeah, I was kind of small, so <laughs> that was um, the issue with water polo that wasn't going to be a fit. Um, so I, I, I chose synchronized swimming, and I went there, and I took a couple of lessons, and I enjoyed it so much that I just stayed there. And how old were you back then? Um, I think I was six or seven. It's quite young, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So right after you got your swimming diplomas and yeah, yeah, I was also quite young when I got my swimming uh, diplomas. Um, so I think there was one or two years in between before I started uh, synchronized swimming. And can you remember what it felt like to be in the water? What what did drawn you into the sport of synchronized swimming? Um, yeah, the silence. I think when you're underwater, it's the whole other world. You're just floating there, and it's silent and I enjoyed that a lot. I was always underwater and swimming and um, when I was up, I went down again. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I think that the world was quite busy for me, quite a lot of impulses and that kind of stuff. Um, so being underwater was also some kind of relief to just be with yourself and enjoy that. So how many hours a week yeah, did you practice? Uh, when I started, I think it was nine hours a week. Nine hours already? That's yeah. quite a lot. Yeah, three times a week and then three hours. And that became, in the end, 35 hours a week. When did it start to get like more serious? Because I assume you started in the recreational groups. Yeah. And then how did that evolve? Yeah, when I was, I think, 10. Me and my duet partner um, competed in the nationals. And yeah, surprisingly, we won. Uh, we got first place. Uh, and after that, um, I slowly got in the national team, um, first for the um, 12 and under. Um, and slowly, I became better and 
I ended up in the national team. And how did you notice that it became, like for example, when you got into the national team of 12 and under, uh, did you notice it became more seriously or, or how did that go? Yeah, I was kind of used to not having time to play with friends and that kind of stuff uh, from a young age because I started like six or seven and I trained three times a week. So um, I couldn't play with friends um, a lot of the time. Um, So that was kind of normal for me. So I grew up with it. And of course, I noticed that I could not um, be as social as I wanted to. But I think I grew in it, so it didn't feel like, um, yeah, like like it was very serious for me. Um, From the outside, it was other. Um, Outsiders always uh, thought, wow, you're you're training so much and um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so did you feel back then you were practicing the sports as an elite athlete or did you experience that later on in your career? Yeah, I think later on. Um, I was just enjoying it and I was quite good at it, but I didn't see myself as a professional athlete or something. Why not? <laughs> you were practicing a lot of hours. So, so what made that, what made that like feeling for you that you were not a professional back then? Yeah, I think because I didn't want to see myself like that. Maybe a bit humble, but <laughs> yeah. Um, when, when I started to compete in international uh, competitions I started to know that I was a professional athlete but I didn't like to say it out loud. You got into the 12 and under national team how did that how did your career evolve from there? Um, I think I was a year in the 12 and under and I was quite good so they asked me to compete in the um, a level up was that the youth national team? Uh, yeah. And I w- first I was a reserve, so I didn't compete in the competitions. But at the end of the year, I grew so much that they actually wanted me to swim um, in the team or in the combo. Um, Sorry, combo? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> uh, the team that's with eight people and combo is with ten. So that's a little bit easier to start there than... Uh, with solo or duet, that's one person or two persons. So that is when you get better. How old were you when you got into the youth national team? Um, yeah, I think 13. Yeah, something like that. And how many hours a week did you practice back then? Um, 25 to 30. Wow, that's a lot. And you yeah. were then in high school, yeah. I think, as well. So how did you combine all of it together? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I managed to... To do it, I was at school like half of the times. Um, I missed a lot, but it, I, I, I did it, yeah. Did you feel like a normal child in school? No, no, I, I had friends um, and I, I had a lot of fun in school, but because you missed so much of the social part uh, with those fin- friends, yeah, you you find kind of felt excluded uh, of them. and. I think the friends I had at swimming um, were my real friends who knew me. And um, yeah, you spent like 25 to 30 hours with them. So they know everything about you. Yeah. And um, you, you talked about your first international competition. Was that when you were in the youth national team? 
Yeah. Can you yeah. tell us about that? Um, yeah, it was... Um, first we went to Dusseldorf. There was a little competition in Germany. And that was the first time that I actually had the chance to swim in the team. And it went very well. It was funny to notice that in Holland, I was rated by the judges lower than when I uh, competed in other countries. Uh, oh. Then I just shifted uh, upwards. Um, so that, that was, for me, a very nice experience. And after that, we went to the European Youth uh, Competition. And as well there, um, I had the chance to swim in the team and in the combo. And yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Can you describe a bit of the culture within the youth national team? Was it like tough or, or did you enjoy it a lot? How? Yeah, at first I think I enjoyed it a lot, but I, I always enjoyed it. But when it got more serious, you also um, saw the negative parts of um, competing in athlete sports with, uh, yeah, it, it was tough on our teammates. We were teammates, but we were also very competitive to each other because um, you had a chance that you were just reserve and not swim in the team. So there was always some kind of competition going on. And also the image in synchronized swimming became stronger, like how, how you look, what your figure was and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that was hard to, yeah, kind of fit in there. I recognize a lot from uh, gymnastics. I think yeah. it's the same, and I think it is hard that you you need each other, but you also compete against each yeah. other. And yeah. as a kid, that's that's very hard to yeah. to go around. Like, how did how did you dealt with that? Um, yeah, that's a good good question. <laughs> um, yeah, at first I was I was one of the yeah. How do you call it? I, I was reserved, so nobody was scared of me, and I was just yay <laughs> swimming around a bit. Um, and then everybody saw me climbing up and becoming better and becoming, yeah, kind of an enemy. And I, I yeah, I don't know how I dealt with that. I think everybody felt it, but you were there like 30 hours a week together, so. At the same time, everybody also accepted it, that that was how it how it, how it went. Um, Strange world. Yeah. So I think didn't really have to deal with it because everybody knew if we really hate each other, it won't become any better. So we just accept it. And sometimes an angry face or something. You, yeah. You had to accept that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that point in time, um, how many hours a week you were training, like like the max? Or yeah, I think almost. Um, I think thirty, thirty-five. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah, and then you were training for international competitions, of course, and then something happened. Yeah, yeah. Can you I tell us a, about that? <laughs> I got a back injury. I was um, weightlifting and. From one time to the other, I just felt something snap in my back. And I had to recover from that. And that was hard. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Because you were progressing in the sport, like the level you were in. And then all of a sudden you get... It was a huge injury, injury wasn't it? Yeah. So how, how did you deal with that setback? At first, I just had to 
lay down for like three months. <laughs> really? You and couldn't do anything? No, oh, wow. no, I couldn't stand up. I, uh, and that was the hardest part, I think. Yeah. Um, just not being able to walk around and go to school and go to swimming and that kind of stuff. Um, and then the recovery began and um, I was able to swim, but not with the team. Um, I had to just swim lanes like three hours uh, a day, um, which was not my <laughs> my cup of tea. <laughs> no, I can imagine. <laughs> Must be kind of boring. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was a tough time, but I managed to um, combine that with, um, like, I, I swam three hours and then the training began. So I had a little bit of time with my teammates to uh, to talk and to, yeah, be in the team a bit. And then some other problems, health problems uh, arose and that was another setback. I couldn't train it as much as I wanted to. Yeah. So... Um what other health problems? Yeah, um, I got an eating disorder um, okay. when I got my back injury. Um, it's very serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I got my back in injury, coaches told me that um, my body fat was too high, my body fat percentage, and that I needed to watch what I what I ate. Um, like uh, I needed to watch every bite I took and I had to ask myself, do I really need this? Um, so 17 year old me thought, oh, no, I don't need this. Um, and yeah, it, it just became worse. And in the end I was, uh, I had, I was way too, too thin and I just couldn't compete. And I, in the end I, I wasn't able to get on my bike or walk around or. Is that something that's very, like has a big emphasis in, in synchronized swimming? You briefly touched upon it, but is it is it like a subject within like a huge subject? Yeah, the the, the part how you look that's a big big part of it. Um, and I don't know how it's right now, how it is right now, but in my days, um, eating disorders, you you knew some people were uh, dealing with it and had their problems, but it was a bit shoved away. And when it became as were as as bad as it got with me. There were everybody, the coaches said, no, 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 everything is going fine. She, her body fat is lowering and, and it, it's it's going great. Um, and after, uh, I think, two or three months when I was way underweight, then was the time that one of the doctors said, this is not okay. She, she can compete, she can train like this. Um, and I was one of the first athletes that had to stop training because of an eating disorder. Um, and other athletes were coached by a yeah dietitian. So there, there were problems, uh, but yeah, they just shoved it away a bit. And did you get any help back then with your uh, eating disorder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a really good uh, doctor that took care of me and she was actually from the gymnastics world. Um, so, yeah. So she had experience. Yeah, yeah. And she had her rules. Like, when you're not at this point with your weight, with your weight you can compete. So That's did the story. that became a problem? Because to summarize it, you went from a back injury into an eating disorder. 
when your back injury got better, you got the problem of the eating disorder, yeah. right? So yeah. how did that impact your career at that point in time? Yeah, funny enough, not that much. Um, at that time, I was in a team, I was in a combo, and I was the duet, so with uh, with two people. Um, and they needed me. And that was the reason that I just could stop training for like four months because of the back injury and the eating disorder. And they still wanted me in the team and in the combo and in the duets. Because you were that good. Yeah. So for me, I had, I, f- I felt at ease. Like I-, I knew if I wanted to and if I got better, I had my place in the team and in the duet. So that was nice. And I got some rest because of that. Which competition were you training back then? For like, what was, what was the goal back then? Uh, the World Youth Championships. All right, so you were training for that. Yeah. Did you recognize any triggers like back then? Was the because I have experience with eating disorder as well. I know for myself that gymnastics was was the trigger, a lot. Yeah. If you want to talk about it. Yeah. Well, synchronized swimming was definitely a trigger. Yeah. When I was at school and with my friends at school, and I watched in the window, you you see a reflection, and I thought, oh my god, I'm I look so skinny and I, I don't want to look like this and then a few hours later I jumped in the pool and I thought I have nice legs oh my god and that was just a circle that went around and kept it in place so you were kind of in a limbo between yeah both worlds yeah basically yeah oh that's yeah it must be quite hard yeah Sorry, we got a bit sidetracked. You were training for the uh, Youth World Championships, and um, but you weren't allowed to practice. Yeah. So how did that go? Well, the doctor I was talking about had her rules and had her goals set. Um, and when I reached a certain goal weight, um, I was able to swim again and compete again. Um, and I think like three months before the World Youth Championships, I reached that goal. So I was able to get back to training and train with the team and with everybody, but only for three months. Uh, But they continued the whole year. So I was just dropped back and everything went okay. Um, And we, before every big competition, we also also had uh, trainings week and to just go with the whole theme and focus on the routine and we also had that one before the uh, world youth championships so that was good for the team not particularly for me but <laughs> it was good to get back in the team and for the competition in the end and you were competing in the yeah. youth world championships yeah. yeah and was that good uh well we we did great we we did we did good um i didn't enjoy it at all because I still had my issues with my weight. I was just on my goal weight. So I was able to go, but I was very cold the whole time because swimming pools are cold yeah. and I had no body fat. <laughs> so I was just shaking the whole time. I was so tired because of that. And I also have had some kind of resistance towards the water. So I just didn't want to go in. And I enjoyed the parts where we finished the routine and we were on stage and the, the, that parts were great. Um, but all the, all, the, all the trainings and just being in the hotel, that was one big... Uh... Yeah. Oh, that must be quite hard. 
So can I summarize it well that for you to get to your goal weight, the youth world championships played a huge part in that as for you to accomplish that goal. So what happened after you had the youth world championship? Um, I had a major setback. (laughs) Yeah. um, I started losing weight again and because the goal was gone, like you said. And um, so after the World Youth Championships, I decided to stop because... You quit yeah. synchronized swimming yeah. over overnight? Or how did that go with your decision? Yeah, I thought about it a lot in the past, in, in that year, because I... It was already something that was on your mind during yeah. everything going on. Yeah, mm. and especially with the fact that I felt that those two worlds so strongly. Like when I was out with my friends from school, I I really had the motivation to um, to gain weight and to get better. And when I jumped into the swimming pool, all of that just disappeared. And I thought, well, I had to I have to look skinny, and I, I the motivation just disappeared. So I realized that I was just killing myself by competing and training and staying in that world. So I think that indeed overnight I just thought I had to quit. That's a very brave decision. What was your goal? Like the end goal? What was it? The Olympics. In 2020? 2020. We'll get back to that end goal. (laughs) Um, But first, then you quit synchronized swimming. Then you are like, if I can talk from my experience, thrown back into the normal world. Yeah. What happens then? Yeah. At first, I thought, oh my god, I have all the time of the world. I I can focus on all my schoolwork. I can focus on all my essays and that kind of stuff. And after a few weeks, I thought, oh my god, I have so much time. I can't handle this. And I also really struggled with the fact that I didn't know who I was anymore. Um, I was always the girl who swam a lot. Um, I was always the athlete by others. And that just disappeared and I thought, who am I? I, I? I was really, really struggling with my identity. Do you think back then you were uh, experiencing the famous black hole after yeah. you quit? Yeah, black hole as in just not doing anything. I, I had so much time, I could do so much, but I just laid in my bed and thought, I have no clue what I'm doing because all the structure was gone and because yeah, you must have been in a very strict schedule and that yeah. fell apart once you quit. Yeah. So then you're laying in bed and how do you go from there? Um, yeah, that's a good question. What got, got you out of bed? What motivated to get you out of bed at that time? Yeah, I think in the end, because I had a new goal, I, I wanted to study, I wanted to study medicine and getting good grades are a big part of getting into medicine. So in the end, I had a new goal and I wanted to achieve that. So I thought, all right, laying in bed will not get me great, <laughs> good grades. So I think in the end that that helped a lot. You were still struggling because that was your final year of high school, yeah. to put it in perspective. Yeah. And you were still struggling with your eating disorder. Yeah, a bit. And did you get any professional help down the road? or? Um, yeah, I, I had help from a psychologist. Um, and the dietitian, and with the help from, from the psychologist for my eating disorder, uh, we also were able to talk about 
quitting and how that impacted me. And I, I had some help. It wasn't like fully focused on that part of my struggles, but yeah. It helped. Yeah. Yeah, that was it nice. Did. And then um, you graduated high school, I, I think, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. And then you go into medicine school. Were you fully aware of the new Ninka or? No. No. <laughs> no, definitely not. That was the first time that you introduce yourself again uh, to new people. And normally that was, hi, I'm Ninka, I'm synchronized swimmer. I won't be here all the time. And and it became, hi, I'm Ninka, without any other things or... So, yeah, that was the time it really hit me that I didn't know who I was and what my my thing was. I always had a thing and now it was gone. So did you ever, did you ever go back to the swimming pool or you never entered the swimming pool ever again? Um, my intention was not to enter the swimming pool ever again. But after two or three years, um, I was asked to give a training. And I thought, well, okay, maybe it's nice to, to be able to get into the swimming pool. <laughs> and I, I, I just dipped my toes in and I thought, ah, oh, maybe I can just like for half a year swim again. And after that, I, I think I competed in three or four uh, national competitions. And that was also part of me being a little bit of what I was. Yeah. I had my, th my thing uh, back, but not at, as much as I had. And that was during your education, like during medicine. Yeah. Did you go back into elite competitions? Yeah. And you did nationals right away? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It, it was really cool. Um, yeah. But... I sense a bit of a bad. Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. And then the nationals were over and I thought, yeah, now I want to go, go over it or I just want to quit because just being like half, that, that's not what I want. So it was kind of a yo-yo effect that I went back and I quit again. I went back and I quit again because I didn't want to, didn't want to do it halfway. Was it hard for you to let go of the sport? Yeah. And um, um, did it help to go back and forward between those two worlds until you finally realized where you wanted to be? Yes and no. I think it, for the first two or three years, I cut it off completely. I blocked everything. I, I didn't want to have to do anything with it. Yeah. And after those two or three years, yo-yoing, I think... It helped because I had that thing, but also in that period, I found out that people liked me be for who I was and not because of the swimming pool, uh, but just who I was in normal life. How did you, how did you realize that? Because I struggled with it quite a bit. So how did you realize or notice that people just accept you for who you are and not because of what you are? I think because Swimming wasn't the main subject when I was somewhere. Uh, people knew I, I was a professional athlete and people knew I got back into the swimming pool, but we didn't talk a lot about it. About it. So yeah, it, it wasn't a big part of me when I was with other people and people still liked me. So I thought... Which is nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice thing to, to, to realize. But. but I think for people who never experienced this, it is 
it seems like nothing that like that people accept you for who you are without the sport but it's a huge thing i think to realize that that people actually like you for the person you are yeah can you maybe tell a bit about how that felt for you yeah it felt comforting i think and it 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 gave me a chance to just relax a bit about i don't need to be a, a professional athlete or i don't need to get back to the swimming pool just to get validation for who i am what i need is just be myself and be liked um, and go back into the swimming pool because i want it and not because i want other people to see me because that that's not necessary um so yeah yeah that's nice i, I like the way you word that it's it's yeah Did you get any professional help when you quit swimming besides the eating disorder help? Not really. No, no. I could talk about my struggles with the psychologist, but other than that, no, really. Nothing. So you did it basically all by yourself? Yeah. And what helped you, if you look back on those years, what helped you the most to like rediscover you, basically? Um... Yeah, I think time. Give yourself time to, to find out what you want. And also for me to find out that people like me for who I am. And not because of professional athlete that I was. And in the end, I think I, I, I do think that yo-yoing a bit between those worlds uh, helped me to let it go easily. And to, to um, step into the, the normal world. Uh, with sometimes a bit of validation from the other world. Yeah, so you established to... Because when you were a professional athlete, if I if I word this correctly, you created this world, like your world in the swimming. You established yourself there in yeah. the swimming world. But now you were able to establish yourself as a person in the normal world. Yeah. And can you pinpoint what helped you the most with that? Yeah, I think a combination of studying medicine Because it becomes something, a bit of my thing, when I was with other people. Hi, I'm Inka, I'm studying medicine. Um, that's a nice thing to say. But I think the biggest part is just accepting myself. And that took a while, but in the end, that was the most important thing. If I stop studying medicine now, I can still accept myself. So that was a little bit of a step towards, in the end, accepting myself and... So now if you introduce yourself, you say, hi, I'm Ninka, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Do you still um, have habits that, maybe positive or negative, that you developed as a professional athlete that you still notice you have right now? I'm a huge perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> Recognizable. <laughs> yeah. I think that's also some part of being a professional athlete, that everybody is kind of a perfectionist. And it, it's not a bad thing. Sometimes you struggle with, with it, but in the end, it gets you uh, pretty far. So I think that's not a bad thing. No. Any other habits? Um, yeah, good. Or characteristics? Good. Yeah, I, I think, and that's also because of swimming, of course. When I want to do something, I go for it. I just, I, I, I don't quit before I, I reach the goal. And I have the motivation to do that. And, That's something I learned within the athlete board. 
I think that's a huge asset for your yeah. education right now because medicine is, is tough. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The world is tough. So I mentioned that we would get back to the subject of the Olympics. Yeah. Now um, the Olympics is delayed a year. It, the Olympics that you were training for should have been last year, but yeah. due to everything going on in the world, it is delayed or postponed. Um, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I... It was an extra year of dealing with the Olympics and that was hard. It was hard to see the new duets, the new national duets competing and getting better and working towards the goal that was actually mine. And when it was postponed, it was, it was a bit of a slap in the face and ah, another year. But on the other side, I'm very happy for them. I have my new life that I'm enjoying a lot. So it's... It's not that much on my mind. Sometimes it just pops up and then you have to deal with it. But in the end... Are you going to watch? I don't know. I think I am, yeah. yeah. And do you think after the Olympics of 2021, you will be able to completely close it? Mm. I, I, yeah, I think I will always struggle with it. It was a goal that I did not achieve. And as a perfectionist, you always want to achieve your goals. Mm -hmm. And it was just a dream to be on the Olympics. And it was also kind of, it just fell apart. It was not my decision. Um, in the end, it was, of course. But it was also a bit forced for me to quit swimming because of my health issues. So there is always some kind, so some part of me. The what that, if. Yeah. 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 But... As I said, I, I have a wonderful life right now and I can really accept that. But yeah, I think the Olympics will always be a subject that are a bit hard. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And um, well, it's a nice bridge towards a question I always ask the people here I interview on the podcast is what advice would you give to your younger self? You can choose the age, you can choose multiple ages if you want right now. Yeah, that's a hard question. Um, on one side, I would have said to six or seven year old me, just keep it on the amateur level. Go, go synchronize swimming. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You, you will enjoy it. Um, but just don't compete at the nationals and just, yeah, play a bit. And on the other side, I would have said to, um, yeah, 17 year old me, just go eat that sandwich. With, with some cheese, um, get better and get the motivation to, to stay better and to compete in the end in the Olympics. But also, as, as it went, like... Would you change anything about how it went? I don't know. Of course, I, I would have wondered I didn't have any health issues. I didn't have to, have to experience that those years, but it also formed me as a per person. Um, it also got me where I am right now. It also gave me um, a lot of characteristics that are very helpful within the medical world and just in the normal world. So yeah, that, that's a hard question. I don't know how I ended up if I didn't, didn't go through what I went through or anything like that. But it's so brave and it takes a lot to be able to see everything you've experienced and take the positive out of that. So it makes me very proud to hear that you have accomplished that. Yeah, thanks. I think that's a nice way to end this podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much.
for no sharing problem. your story. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you so much. This podcast was created, hosted, edited and produced by Anna Leitbakker and the music is We Are Free by Ixen.